So if you contribute more than the annual limit of 36,000 Rand, the amount you contribute over the 36,000 Rand will be subject to a penalty um, of 40% imposed by SARS. So for example, if you contribute 40,000 Rand in a tax year into your tax-free savings account, the 4,000 Rand that you um, contributed over the limit um, will be subject to a 40% um, penalty. But I think that if one really wants to get the full use or benefit of a tax-free savings account, one must definitely have a look at um, using it for long term and try to be disciplined and not um, maybe withdraw from it over a short period. So it obviously depends on if you've made other donations or not. But if, you're, if you only have one child, for instance, and you're only contributing um, towards that one child's tax-free savings account, that's only 36,000 Rand a year, maybe it might not trigger um, the donations tax. But if, for instance, you have three kids and you're donating or, or, and you are contributing to all their tax-free savings accounts and maybe your wife's tax-free savings, or not that one would be exempt, but maybe for your, for your, um, your grandmother or whoever else, then maybe you might trigger um, capital uh, uh, donations tax. My name is Diana, and this is the Family Finance Show, the podcast to help you manage your family's finances better. Every week, we share an episode on topics relating to increasing your family's income and managing expenses, controlling your debt, and investing for the future. Welcome to the Family Finance Show with Diana Granu, proudly brought to you by Old Mutual. This podcast is your weekly guide to effective budgeting, planning, and future-proofing of your family's finances. Because money matters to every family, and every family matters at Old Mutual. Enjoy the show. In this episode, Zama Dekana from Old Mutual unpacks tax-free savings accounts. Why you need one, how to invest when you have one, and what limits you need to be aware of. He also answers two interesting questions from one of our loyal listeners. I'm a huge fan of tax-free savings accounts. I think that the government has given us a great incentive to save with these tax breaks. So Zama, maybe let's start with what are the benefits of having a tax-free savings account? Hi, Diana. So the most obvious benefit of a tax-free savings account, obviously, is the fact that all the growth in your portfolio is completely tax-free. So your investment or your unit trust um, traditionally has three earnings components, which is interest, dividends, and capital growth. So all three, these three um, growth or earnings components, if you want to call it, um, attract various types of tax. So interest is um, subject to personal income tax at your marginal tax rate. Dividend is subject to um, dividend withholding tax at a tax rate of 20%. And the capital growth is subject to capital gains tax at 40%, but you also do have an annual exclusion of 40,000 rand. So, so traditionally in a unit trust um, or in a normal investment, your, your investment would be subject to those different kinds of taxes. In a tax-free savings account, you do not have to pay any tax on any of these growth components. So that's the biggest um, benefit of a tax-free savings account. The other benefit of a tax-free savings account is that um, you have complete premium payment flexibility and liquidity. So this means that you can contribute a lump sum um, regularly or a combination of the two. Maybe you have a lump sum that you want to put away now and um, follow that up with monthly or um, recurring contributions. You can do that too. And then you also have access to your funds without attracting any penalties or taxes. 
So that means that you can you can also increase or decrease your contributions without attracting any penalties as well. And then um, tax-free savings accounts also have a wide range of funds to select from. And maybe if time allows us, we can talk about what those funds are and how they work. Um, so this gives you the option to select the most appropriate fund um, for the goal that you want to invest for. And obviously, the fund that you select will obviously depend on mostly um, your investment term. If you are investing for a long term, you would invest in a fund that has maybe more exposure to equities because over the long-term equities um, tend or historically have given you the most returns. And then if you are saving or investing for a short-term goal, then you would expose your money more maybe to something like um, money market um, instruments. And then also depending on the provider that you are using for your tax-free savings account, you may also be able to nominate your beneficiaries um, for your tax-free savings account. Um, for example, the old mutual invest tax-free savings account allows you to nominate beneficiaries. Um, so um, upon your death, um, your tax-free savings account will not go to your estate, but it will um, go to your beneficiaries and then may also provide you some protection from creditors as well. Oh, that's very interesting. I didn't know that, that you could actually nominate beneficiaries and that the tax-free doesn't form part of the estate. Um, so that's good to know. And yeah, you answered my, my next question, which was around... Um, how to look for good returns on your investment. So in my personal life, I have a long-term view on my tax-free savings accounts. I want to keep them for as long as possible. So I, I'm looking for the best returns possible. And, and I, I like to invest in equities for my tax-free savings account for, for myself, my husband, and my kids. Um, so if listeners are, are interested in in investing in equities in their tax-free savings if they've just opened one or they're new to investing we did a great episode with simon brown called buying shares a beginner's guide so you can find that in our podcast and that would be quite a good starting point for those who have a long-term horizon for their tax-free savings accounts um so into a bit of the technicalities now zama what are the current lifetime and annual contribution limits on the account and what happens if you contribute more than the limit? Well, currently the lifetime limit um, on your tax-free savings account contribution is 500,000 Rand. So you can contribute a maximum of 36,000 Rand per tax year. So you can obviously break down the 36,000 Rand into regular contributions. Like I know a lot of people that can't afford to contribute the lump sum, um, break it down into um, 12 premiums or 12 contributions of 3,000 Rand per month. So if you contribute more than the annual limit of 36,000 Rand, the amount you contribute over the 36,000 Rand will be subject to a penalty um, of 40% imposed by SARS. So for example, if you contribute 40,000 Rand in a tax year into your tax-free savings account, the 4,000 Rand that you um, contributed over the limit um, will be subject to a 40% um, penalty. Mm -hmm. So, and then also something to take note is that if you do not contribute your full annual limit, the portion that was not contributed will be forfeited for that particular tax year. So you won't be able to carry it over into um, the next tax year. But the nice thing is that um, your lifetime contribution limit is 500,000 Rand. And that's obviously assuming that um, it will stay um, 500,000 Rand. Mm, let's hope it gets increased. That would be great. <laughs> um, and what about minimums? Is there a certain minimum that you need to be able to invest in a tax-free savings account? So that will depend on the um, provider that you use. So um, various providers have different contribution limits. For example, um, Adult Mutual, we have the Old Mutual Invest tax-free savings account, 
where you can invest from as little as 250 Rand a month. That's if you are investing through our digital platform and you are not going through an intermediary. And if you are saving or investing through an intermediary, um, then the annual, uh, the, the minimum contribution then is 400 Rand per month if you're investing through an intermediary. And if you would like to contribute a lump sum, um, then the minimum on the old digital invest tax-free savings account is then 5,000 uh, 5, Rand. Mm-hmm. But like I said, if it all depends on the provider that you use for your tax-free savings account. Right. And so say you've started your tax-free savings account, you made a few contributions and life happens. You need to fix your car or, um, I don't know, something happens and, and you need to withdraw some money. Can you withdraw money? And is it a good idea to withdraw money from your tax-free savings account? Yes, you can absolutely withdraw money from your tax-free savings account. But I think that one must be very intentional um, with how you use your tax-free savings account because the big benefit, like I said, of a tax-free savings account is the fact that all your growth there is tax-free. So chances are over the short term, your investment or your saving will not attract enough or will not have enough growth that will really give you the benefit or the advantage of the tax saving. So you actually want to, if possible, you actually want to use your tax-free savings account for a long-term goal so that you can really get the benefit of, of the tax saving or, or, um, or the tax-free um, nature of your tax-free savings account. So you absolutely have access to it. And the implications of it, obviously, is that it will, it will definitely have an impact on, your, um, on the goal that you are saving for. So perhaps if you, and we all know that life happens and we all, you, your tire bursts or your geezer bursts and you need extra money, Perhaps it is, it is better if you want to use or if you want to put money aside for an emergency fund, maybe to have a look at something like um, a money market fund, which is a fund that will, that will, a money market fund should give you returns that will protect your money against inflation over a 12 to 18 month period. But I think that if one really wants to get the full use or benefit of a tax-free savings account, one must definitely have a look at um, using it for long-term and try to be disciplined and not um, maybe withdraw from it over a short period. Yes, and listeners should also remember that if they withdraw, they can't add it back uh, over their limit. So they've got only the 36 per year, 36,000 per year. So you, if you withdraw, doesn't mean that later when you've got extra money, you can put extra back in. Absolutely. So if you have children here on the Family Finance Show, we we often talk about uh, the implications for children. So children, can you open a tax-free savings account for them? And what are some of of the advantages and disadvantages of opening such an account for your children? Yes, you can open a tax-free savings account for your child or your children. The contributions will also be subject to the normal contribution limits. Um, So they will also have their own lifetime limits of 500,000 rand and an annual contribution limit of 36,000 Rand per child, and it's not connected to, your, to yours in any way. So the benefit of opening a tax-free savings account for your child is the fact that they have time. So the more time the money spends in the market or in a tax-free savings account, the more growth it will accumulate. The downside, however, is that um, when you open a tax-free savings account for your child is that you will be using up their lifetime um, contribution limit. For example, if you open a tax-free savings account for your newborn child, and you contribute the full annual limit, by the time they finish high school, which will be around 18 years, their lifetime contribution limit will be reached. This means that once they start working or earning an income, 
they will no longer be able to contribute to their tax-free savings account. And again, this is obviously assuming that the lifetime limit remains at 500,000 Rand. So that's one thing to take into consideration. But I think that that, that benefit of time, I mean, it is so massive that um, that 18 years in a tax-free savings account, I don't think that it will be possible to, to catch up for someone that only starts contributing at, at the age of 18. So um, yeah, so that's, those are the two main advantages and disadvantages of opening a tax-free savings account for your child. Yeah, that's exactly how I think of it as well. The 18 years just gives them such an advantage. Uh, if you start 18 years later, you, you're going to be behind. I mean, the compounding just does amazing growth over that time. So yeah, my, I have the same view as you on that. But what happens when they turn 18? Say you've been diligently saving in a tax-free savings account for your children or your child, and they turn 18. Can they access that money to use for whatever they wish, or can you as a parent say, control what they spend it on, say they have to use it for further education or to start a business, or do you have any control of how they spend that money after age 18? So your child will have access to the money from the time that the tax-free savings account is open, um, regardless of their age. So if you open a tax-free savings account for your newborn child and you allow them to use the money, let's say for a birthday gift when they turn seven, um, they will have access to the fund. Obviously, as the parent, you will you would have to supervise on all of that. But um, the the premium payment flexibility and the liquidity options that an adult would have, a child would also have um, in their tax-free savings account. And then, obviously, whether you allow them or not um, will depend on you as a parent. Um, what we've also seen is that we've um, tax-free savings accounts have only only started in 2015 or yeah, 2015. So they haven't been around for long. But what we've seen is that a lot of parents start off by saying, okay, I'm going to use the tax-free, I'm going to open a tax-free savings account for my child and it's, um, we're going to save it for the child's education. And then they end up using that for um, emergency, for as an emergency fund, for example. Mm -hmm. So if they need, if they need money, then they would take from the child's tax-free savings account. And in, in, in that case, then obviously um, you are basically wasting um, mm. that child's um, con lifetime contribution limit of 500,000 rand. Um, because uh, before the age of 18, if, you want to, if we want to put a, a maturity age to it, you as the parent will obviously um, have full supervision on how the child uses that money. So the child has as much access to the money as you, um, as um, the parent have access to the money. Mm, it's such a disadvantage if you do that. Um, so that's an interesting point. So don't put money into your child's tax-free savings account if you think you might have to withdraw it because you're basically penalizing them uh, over their, their lifetime limit. Uh, yeah, great, great point. So Zama, we've got a couple of questions on tax-free savings account from one of our loyal listeners, Gwen. She asks um, whether it's better to take the annual limit um, which you mentioned was 36,000 now in 2021 and divide that by 12. And so you invest a portion monthly or is it better if you have the full 36,000 at the beginning of the tax year or some point in the tax year to just invest, invest that as a lump sum? Mm. So th that's a question that we get a lot, but it's also a budget dependent and obviously cash flow dependent. So the benefit of investing a lump sum is that your money will spend more time in the market. For example, if we take a 12-month period, if you invest a lump sum in month one, that contribution will spend 12 months in the market. 
Whereas if you contribute monthly over the same um, 12 month period, only um, month one's premium will actually be invested for 12 months. Month two's premium will be invested for 11 months and month three's premium will be invested for 10 months and so on. Mm -hmm. So the benefit of investing monthly, um, the benefit of investing monthly on the other side is that you get to enter the market at different points of the, um, of the cycle. So you can benefit from what we call rent cost averaging, which is contributing a fixed amount of money at regular intervals um, for a particular or a fixed period. So this also gives you the opportunity to buy into the market when the market is low, but obviously you also run the risk of buying when the market is high. So your contribution frequency, like I said, also depends on your, on your budget and your cash flow. But um, so it's, it's a sum that one must maybe go sit with a, um, a, a professional advisor and maybe do the sum for yourself and say, okay, if I'm going to invest, let's say for a 10 or 15 year period, um, what would be better? Would it be better for me if I can afford it to invest um, a lump sum um, every tax year? Or do I want to see how much advantage I can get from um, benefiting from rent cost averaging and contributing every month instead of um, contributing um, the full lump sum? Another one obviously is you must remember that 36,000 rand you don't have to break it up into 12 contributions. You can contribute um, quarterly. You can contribute two contributions a year. Um, you can break down that 36,000 rand as you see fit and also as it fits your, your budget, obviously. And her second question is quite an interesting one, uh, not one that I'd thought of, and it's around tax implications for children. So I know you're not a tax expert, Summer, but um, her question, perhaps you can give your view on it, is how do I deal with SARS in terms of tax returns because the child won't have any tax income? I want to know whether I must declare this to SARS or do I just leave it till they start working and how will they declare it? if I've already maxed out their lifetime limit? So as a parent contributing to your child's tax-free savings account, I think the biggest risk that you are sitting with is um, donations tax. So again, like you said, perhaps it's better to go sit with a tax expert so that you can they can also tailor it to your particular um, um, tax situation. But generally you would be looking at donations tax where um, if you, if you contribute on behalf of your child, it could be seen as a, as a donation towards your child and it would then be subject to donations tax. However, donations tax, you do have a, a, um, a, an exclusion, if you want to call it that, of 100,000 rand um, per tax year. So it obviously depends on if you've made other donations or not. But if, you're, if you only have one child, for instance, and you're only contributing um, towards that one child's tax-free savings account, that's only 36,000 rand a year. Maybe it might not trigger um, the donations tax, but if, for instance, you have three kids and you're donating or, or, and you are contributing to all their tax-free savings accounts and maybe your wife's tax-free saving, or not that one would be exempt, but maybe for your, for your, um, your grandmother or whoever else, then maybe you might trigger um, capital uh, uh, donations tax. So it's important to, to take that into, into consideration. But other than that, um, the tax is not that complicated. Um, um, each, each one of your kids, or if you have a, your child, will obviously also need to have a, um, a tax reference number that will be linked to the um, tax-free savings account. But that one, I think it's, it's, it's quite niche and bespoke, and it would be good to consult with a tax expert on that one. 
Yeah, I agree. It's always good to to look at your personal tax situation with someone who knows what they're talking about. Um, but that's good general uh, general information for for our listeners. Thanks, Summer. And my last question is one question that I ask all of the guests on my show. And that question is, what is the one piece of financial advice that you would like to pass on to your children? Sure. If, if I think back to myself, when I, let's say, when I started earning an income, um, is the, the importance of time in the market. I mean, the younger you start, um, the better. The cost of delaying starting to save or investing I mean, it is absolutely scary and you can earn more money and your money will obviously increase um, as throughout your career, obviously. But the one thing that you cannot make up is time. So, so use the time that you have wisely and start saving um, as, as soon as possible. And um, it, it, I'm obviously not saying that if, you, if your years have gone on already, that it's too late for you to start saving. But even where you are, if you haven't started saving yet, um, yesterday was the best time to start saving. So for my kids, I'll definitely try to instill as far as possible um, a, a culture of firstly um, spending less money than you earn and then saving as much as you can. Thank you so much for your time and your insights today on the Family Finance Show, Zama. Thank you so much, I'm Dan. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to stay on the journey to improving your family's financial well-being. Thank you for listening to the Family Finance Show with Diana Granu, proudly brought to you by Old Mutual. The time is now to own your financial future. Visit oldmutual.co.za for more great advice, articles, free budgeting tools and calculators, or to find a financial advisor. We'll be back next week.